Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. Uh, And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Happy New Year, Michelle. Happy New Year, Scott. Yay! It it is the... uh, the first, the first of uh, 2024. Wow. And uh, we we are obviously pre-recorded right now. Uh, yes. But we, we are almost at uh, 10,000 plays. We're at 9,928 as we record this right now. Wow. And happy anniversary to you and Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you very yes. much. Yes. I hope you, I hope you pre, pre and post enjoy. <laughs> How do I time travel forward and backwards? I hope you have a wonderful celebration of your your anniversary Thank you. and we, the new year. We we are uh, celebrating our anniversary with our annual uh, themed party that we do every year. Yeah, and then um, uh, we're going to the Rose Bowl on the first and yes. watching Alabama play. So yes, it'll be fun. This this is a year of experiences. <laughs> we've decided experiences. It is. By the um, way, have you ever been to the Moulin Rouge in in um, Paris? I have. And do you recommend that people go if they're going to Paris? What are they going to? I mean, it kind of depends what they're going for. <laughs> if 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 they're if they're going, so let me qualify this. I have been on the outside of the Moulin Rouge. I have not been inside the Moulin Rouge because oh, to, to um, see the show. Okay, uh-huh. because. Uh, I, I think I'm a little spoiled in that, number one, I saw the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not the movie. Uh, number two, the outside is, but not the inside. Uh-huh. Uh, number two, you know, we live so close to Las Vegas that a lot of of that kind of entertainment, we'll just call it burlesque right now. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, a lot of this kind of entertainment has been taken to the next level in uh-huh. Las Vegas. So mm. it was, I, I I heard comparisons that it's not what it used to be. It's, oh. it's not the time of, you know, uh, Trek and some of those. It's not what you saw in the movie. Uh. Um, so it depends what they're going for. If they're going for the historical aspects of it and just to say, hey, we went to Moulin Rouge, mm. um, I, I wholeheartedly am saying, hey, yeah, it's worth it. Okay. I, I happen to love Paris. So. Ah. Uh. You know, it, it's, um, I know you and Carolyn have been together because you talk about gift giving and bags <laughs> and spotting treasures. Yeah. So, um, well, it, and it's funny cause I'm going back to, there's just so much to do nightlife wise in Paris, uh, um, that we in, happen to enjoyed to have enjoyed walking uh-huh in paris a lot uh-huh uh and so i didn't want to be in a theater as opposed to very interesting as opposed to london uh, uh where the london theater scene and drury lane and some of these other places that are um a big deal 
Mm. It's not to say that Paris isn't. Uh, I, let me put it a different way. If someone was contemplating going to uh, Moulin Rouge, I I recommend them getting online and watching some videos from the from the show. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And then and then they'll see it. Yeah. That said, I've seen some of the most amazing performances, entertainers from Moulin Rouge in Las Vegas. Oh, they, oh. I, again, a lot of the people have come to Las Vegas and ah. they've turned it into that kind of show. Ah. Fascinating. All right. Well, um, I, do I do recommend uh, the Eiffel Tower, by the way. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but do not, I will tell you, since we're talking about snafus and just general yes. all around I'm going to use the word, by the way, today is going to be filled with vulgar like language. Cuss words and vulgar, vulgar just language. Out so, to, so do not play this it wasn't, in front of it your wasn't, children. It wasn't a true fuck up, but <laughs> we, we have been to the Eiffel Tower any number of times. Uh -huh. And we have always said, God, do you really, should we climb it instead of take the elevator? Uh -huh. And we decided one time that we were going to take the elevator to the top. Uh-huh. One of the coldest experiences of coldest days of my life because of <laughs> because of the wind chill factor at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. And then we decided we were going to walk all the way down on the outer staircase. Oh. Unfortunately, for we didn't realize that at dusk, the freaking lights all come on for the Eiffel Tower and you were blinded the entire way <laughs> and there's no that right it's you you're committed at that point there's nothing you can do um so go watch the eiffel tower lights by night they're wonderful ah. do not walk the eiffel tower at night by light it is awful <laughs> um there is it a is a snafu is it th there is a <laughs> restaurant that you can there is a restaurant you can eat at uh on the eiffel tower if if you want to do that uh, it's just go walk around. Don't, you know, if you want to go to a show, cool, but go walk around. I don't know how many nights they have ah, in Paris. Ah. All right. More will be revealed. More will be revealed. <laughs> um, but again, I, I, and by the way, I did not expect to enjoy Paris since we're talking about, I didn't enjoy, expect to enjoy Paris as much as we did at all. Oh, um, oh really? And, and uh, well, it, because we have traveled around, uh -huh. um, it, it became kind of an inside joke that traveling with, with, we'd always heard that the French were very rude unless you yes. spoke French. That's what I've heard. Yes. And by the way, we only experienced that once and that was on a train and um, the guy asking for tickets on the train, I'm trying, we're trying to talk to him, but it's like, he was just rude. Uh -huh. uh, that everybody else there was unbelievably wonderful. We did not oh. run into any of the the rudeness that people had talked about. Quite the contrary. Oh, uh, it was an all embracing. It's just a freaking city of love. That's why it's called that, right? Oh, um, it, 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 for, it, again, I don't know who you asked the question. I don't know who's traveling. Um, make sure you go to Crepagogo. They're okay. all over the place. Crepagogo. They are all over the place uh, in uh, in Paris. It's where you're, you're not going to get an American breakfast, even at uh, the American cafe. Uh -huh, there, there's, uh -huh. there's one American breakfast place that touts a true American breakfast. You're not getting that. Okay. Um, okay. But Crepagogo, 
some of the most amazing it became our morning haunt every morning before we we go out we go to to crepe go go mm. and um then there's the uh palace of versailles and again i'll give you a sneaky little fun thing to think about if whoever's going is going is it you going uh-huh yes no you're the one going to paris yes i am oh my goodness okay so here's the sneaky little you didn't tell me this <laughs> we'll have to talk offline sometime we will um I, <laughs> So your your rail your rail passes by the way or your friends traveling around mm -hmm. as you go back and forth and everything, uh, but the Palace of Versailles, if if you've never been there, folks, nothing that we have in America comes anywhere close. This this is not a palace like you would think of Buckingham. This is a freaking universe all by itself. That's how big oh. this is. Oh wow. It okay. is an all-day trip okay. to take in, to see the grounds, to see there's a separate part of the palace where uh, Marie Antoinette was actually given a gift of an entire village. This is part of the Palace of Versailles grounds. She was given an entire village, so when she behaved, they let her go play there. <laughs> and they were peasants that manned the village. We're talking about an honest to God towns within the village. Wow. I encourage you, as I would, by the way, uh, if you go to London and go to the tower, um, if you go to the Palace of Versailles, go round to the back, right? There's the main entrance, which you, you want to see. It's under construction right now, and there's all kinds of stuff up. But if you go and walk the Queen's Way, which is the Queen's entrance where they would do the where they would ride the horses, uh. at least when we were there, very few people, absolutely drop dead gorgeous, and I mean you've you've basically got the back end of the palace all to yourself. Wow! But it's an all day it's an all day adventure, uh -huh. and uh, you go to the tea room, and it's just absolutely absolutely a spectacular we were just talking as a matter of fact about you know do you want to go back to london you want to go back to paris oh i'd go back on a heartbeat we we stayed uh at la petite paris by the way la petite and, paris and la petite paris and it was within walking distance of everything uh -huh. and just a wonderful little off the beaten path area and again absolutely wonderful he come down they got coffee and everything else in the in the lobby and it was just I, I, everybody there have you been to paris before no my first time uh, i again i i can't rave about it yeah. enough and i did not expect to oh so little unknown fact about michelle that i've never talked about on air my mother's father's ancestry is french canadian via france and they were uh, cathedral makers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I need to find out more. My cousin Danny did a big deep dive into the, the family history in terms of which, which cathedrals and which buildings they worked on. But um, I'm excited. It's, you know, Very cool. part I mean, of my it's, family it's history. 
-hmm. it is unfortunate that you won't be able to go into Notre Dame the way you used yeah. to be able to do it. Um, yeah. And I've got, remember, we've got a picture hanging in our bedroom of all places that the last time we were there, uh, pre-fire, we, we actually asked and were able to go up into the rafters of Notre Dame wow. out, out on the ledge. You oh, walk wow. out literally on the ledge where all the gar gargoyles are. Uh -huh. And I wound up taking this picture of looking over the shoulder of this gigantic gargoyle. Uh -huh. And the, the, the Eiffel Tower is right in the distance. It looks like the gargoyle is looking it's at, looking the, Eiffel at the Eiffel Tower. And that's <laughs> that's one of the parts of the, of the cathedral that burned. It doesn't exist anymore. It's unfortunate. Oh, oh wow. Oh, by the way, I should prepare you. Yes. Uh, in Paris, there yes. are constant demonstrations, riots, and road closures. Oh, okay. So it's, it's just like Toronto. It's part of the culture. It's part of the thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't think of a time that we haven't been to Paris. One time in London, uh, it happened. But in Paris, constant protesting. You, you pick it, they'll protest it. Okay. The last time we were there, they were protesting the imprisonment of the gypsy population uh, because there was something going on in France uh, with the, the uh, Romani gypsy folks. They called them gypsies then. Um, and I mean, just we're talking like major military SWAT responses every time. It's the same thing every time they show up wow. and then they get out and they've got this wonderful Batman-like, you know, police armor on, fully <laughs> helmeted. And they just stand there and then they get back in their cars and they go home. So. <laughs> I'm excited for you. All right. Very cool. Well, we shall see how uh, how I can, you know, our one of our last episodes, traveling with um, ease and traveling stress-free. So we shall see how it goes. <laughs> well, since we're talking about traveling and we're just coming out of the holidays, yes. um, we when we were putting our shows together, we had talked about today's show and we had moved it around a little bit. Yes, we had. And again, I just fair warning, folks, bad language, it's built into the acronyms for yes. these words. And we're going to talk about FUBAR, SNAFU, yep. clusterfucks, and shit shows. Yes. And what that actually means for you. And in preparing for this way back when, <clears throat> I was even shocked to find out that my understanding of what these terms meant was not entirely accurate. Mine either. Um, I, I knew where they came from. I knew the origin. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But it's very interesting because they're not interchangeable if you use them correctly. Okay. And so I thought what we could do today was we could kind of go through, I'll throw these things out there. And then from your perspective, not only traveling and being a human being, living your life, but, you know, as a therapist too, because you, you have clients who come in. We all do. We both do. Clients yes. who come in and they go, you know, what a crap day I've had, or this yeah. was all that, you know, they, you, they use these wonderful little adjectives. Yes. And I'm, I'm curious as we go through these, these meanings, your take on it from a therapeutic standpoint. Mm. So, you know, I, I don't know what snafu stands for. I forgot already. Oh, we'll get there and we'll get there, but I use that word snafu all the time. And I think that now that I understand the acronym, I will probably not use it very often. Well, and again, this and this also, I think, is the important takeaway for this, uh -huh. right? A lot of times we as people have taken on words. Yes. And they don't mean what, 
it's you know now we go back to, to now we go back to Princess Bride, sure. Where, where the you know, Inigo Montoya says to the to the guy who keeps saying inconceivable, <laughs> and he says, "I don't think that means what you think it means." Um, <laughs> and so we're we're going to explore them because if you're going to use the words, you might as well use them correctly. Why not? So <laughs> let's start. Let's go back to basics. Okay. And now it now it, I don't mean to sound like a parody of George Carlin being a parody, but then that, you know, at the base of all this is a fuck up. That's uh -huh. the bare bones, right? Okay. Um, okay. And okay. We all do fuck ups. We, that's the yeah. human error part of this. Yeah. The human now, error. You want to go mm -hmm. have fun, go listen to George Carlin, go listen to him. It's, it's one of the words that got him kicked off the air. Um, you know, go listen to him talk about how many different ways the F word can be used. Okay. That's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> what we're talking what we're talking about today goes beyond just the common, oh, I fucked up, or you fucked okay. up. And depending on the yeah. tone of voice, it can be said friendly, it can yes. be lighthearted. It's and frankly, in today's culture, I don't even know if I were to come to you as a as a patient. Uh -huh. I don't even know if I said, you know, Michelle, I really fucked up. Yeah. I don't even know that that's taken as negative self-talk anymore. It, it's almost part of the culture. Part of the culture of just like I made a mistake almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Uh -huh. And and so, you know, starting with that, that is generally how, uh, you know, where that comes from. Now, I'm not going to give... Uh, like, again, like Ryan Seacrest, I'm not going to give these to you yet in any particular order. <laughs> We're just kind of going to go through them. You know, there is something called a snafu, which you've talked about. Yes. All these terms that we're about to do, for the most part, come from the military. And they actually have very specific tactical meaning behind them. That surprised me the because first time it's a, you told it's me a, that. It's a way for the military personnel to actually very quickly explain just how bad is it. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Okay. Right? It's it's almost like a SUD scale, like you and I use. Oh, and for people okay. that don't Subjective know a SUD scale. units of distress. Okay. So, exactly. So a SUD scale, for, for people who don't know, you've experienced it because you've likely gone to a doctor who has said or a nurse who has asked you on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, oh my God, just shoot me now. Or one being, yeah, it's bearable. Uh, you know, I barely notice it on a scale of one to 10, how bad's your pain? Yeah. Yeah. I want you to think about now, you know, the FUBAR snafus, clusterfucks and shit shows as the, the, the military suds equivalent of, okay. of Houston, we have a problem. Okay. <laughs> You are not going to hear astronauts, by the way, um, because it's a language? public channel. Use this language; it's a oh. public. It's bad public optics. Oh, but okay. they will have used it. I'm guessing by internally, because uh, most of them most of them came up through the military anyway. That makes sense. Uh huh. All right. So let's talk about and and I'm I'm trusting we're going to have fun with this, right? This oh, isn't yes, intended. It, it's it's, it's a the new year. Let's snap, have fun. A snafu, um, in everyday parlance, the way you've been using it, Michelle, is usually like it's just a hiccup. A it's hiccup, a snag. Something went, something went wrong. I didn't expect it. It's just uh -huh. a, yeah, a snag, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, 
the real the real military meaning behind snafu is situation normal all fucked up and it actually re re refers to this crazy messed up undecipherable state of affairs and there's just no way out of it so again wow. situation normal and the situation it's all fucked up it's like of course uh, it is uh okay now another way of doing this i i just discovered this wonderful and i know this isn't where you expected it to go today but um <laughs> this wonderful man i'm going to open this real quick this because i need to, to i want to make sure i get his name correct okay thomas benjamin wild esquire is is the name of this person okay. slash band and he's he's got a song and it's literally entitled well this is shit Okay. And I, I, you just have to listen to it. Okay. It is probably the perfect example of situation normal. All fucked all up. All fucked up. And, it, and when you go through and you listen to this guy singing this on a ukulele saying, this is shit. He's saying, I don't need you to fix it. I don't need any, I don't need any commiseration. Just, I just need someone to admit this is shit. Uh -huh. The situation is all fucked up. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and so that's literally uh, when, when at least you correctly use snafu, it means situation normal, and the situation, the normalcy we put with it is, is just a mess. Uh huh. Okay. 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 Um, then we come to FUBAR. Now, I, I have used FUBAR in the past because of my work with um, law enforcement. Uh -huh. who, it's a paramilitary organization. And, you know, a lot of the, the people that work in law enforcement come out of military anyway. Yes. Um, not all of them, but a, a lot of them do. And so, you know, we would use FUBAR. It wasn't until the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, we, our, I know. Our TV show that the came TV out. The TV series was so funny, FUBAR. Um, uh -huh. and, and you you sit there and it's like, I got to know what the hell this, because he keeps using it. And it's, why would you name a TV show that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, well, it's literally, it's military slang for fucked up beyond all recognition. Oh, wow. The alternative for FUBAR is fucked up beyond all repair. Okay. Right, all the hope is gone. Okay, that's what, that's what FUBAR is. Um, by the way, most of these terms come out of World War II. That's how old that, that they are. Oh wow! Um, and when you when something is a FUBAR, that means it is so messed up there is no way to remedy it. Contrasted with a snafu, okay, where you're just where you're literally saying it's just still fucked up. Okay. You're not saying it's beyond repair. All right. So a FUBAR is... FUBAR is beyond repair. Is more intense than a SNAFU. Correct. Well, I'm, I wasn't going to prioritize them, but we can do oh, that. Let, okay. We can do that. We can do that as we go through. Because <laughs> I think it's important to understand that there's a common fuck up. Uh-huh. 
there's a foo bar and there's a snafu. Uh huh. But being who I am, it's like, well, what the hell is the root cause of all this stuff? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, something has to get you to the snafu. Something has to get you to the foo bar. Uh huh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Clusterfucks. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, this is the one that surprised me. Again, um, I'm, I'm looking here because I believe. Don't, don't bear with me one second. That this one actually, I think, came out of Vietnam. The clusterfuck? Yeah, let me double check. <laughs> and there's no date on this. Maybe it did come out of World War II, reading this definition of it. So a clusterfuck is when there's a disaster. Okay. Right? Let's just start with that. It holds a special place in everybody's heart, and you don't even know why. And it comes out of the concept that you had military officers with the clusters on their collars. Oh. And too many of them have gotten together, and as the Oxford Dictionary uh, describes it, it is a bungled or confused undertaking or situation. And then they go on to explain from, from a Stanford business prof professor, Bob Sutton, he, here's how he describes clusterfucks, a debacle and disaster caused by a deadly brew of illusion, incompetence, impatience, and it afflicts too many decision makers, especially those in powerful, confident, and prestigious groups. And it all comes out of literally, um, oh, actually, here is the date. It is the Vietnam War. And ah. so it actually comes out of the Oak Cliff clusters on high-ranking officers, all oh. of them getting together and making bad fucking decisions. Okay. And then it gets repeated because they buy into these this fallacious thinking that we've talked about on the show many times. And so when you talk about a clusterfuck, a clusterfuck happens when you have too many high too many too many chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> and they don't know what they're cooking. They don't know what the ingredients are, but they have diluted each and every one of themselves into thinking they're Gordon Ramsay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you've got like all a kitchen of, nightmare gone. Uh, well, it's, further it's, you've got wrong. all these wannabe Gordon Ram Ramsays uh -huh. who couldn't be Gordon Ramsay even if they wanted to be, uh -huh. making what they think it's what would Gordon Ramsay do, making uh -huh. these decisions, and it's all delusional, resulting in a clusterfuck. Ah. Uh. But bear in mind the clusterfuck as I have come to use it, is the decision-making. Okay. Oh. It's mm. the clusters fucking up. Ah. Uh, interesting. A clusterfuck could result in fubar or a snafu. Okay. And there's the difference that I want people, and I know, again, I'm just kind of having fun with this. That's what I want people to understand is, <laughs> you know, there's a difference. Now, Then you have shit show. Yes. And a shit show uh, 
also comes out of the military. And this now is the Oxford English Dictionary describing a shit show. This is actually a word in the, in the Oxford Dictionary. In the Oxford okay. English Dictionary. <laughs> a situation or state of affairs characterized by chaos, confusion, or incompetence. Yep, that makes sense. So to me, in my in my way of breaking down causation, the shit show happens first. The clusterfuck comes from the shit show. Okay. And then results in it's fucked up beyond all recognition. Uh, mm -hmm. And if Fubar lasts long enough, it's now a snafu. Oh, okay. Okay. It's become just so right. So when common you're in a, that it's so, ongoing. So when you're in a meeting at work, as a great example, with a uh -huh. group of people on Zoom or in a room live, uh -huh. that meeting where you sit there and you say, did this really have to be a meeting? Couldn't we have done this by email? Uh-huh. Are you really going to go there? Like uh -huh. these are the thoughts going through your head, or I, I actually just started uh, watching. I'm not going to watch it anymore. I can't do it because it's such a clusterfuck um, is, is the circus on Netflix. And it's, oh. and it's behind the scenes of the presidential election oh i love the circus before that and i can't watch it because i it's it is such a testament to uh -huh. bad decision making <laughs> it is such a testament to um the, the whole comment you can fool all the people some of the time and some of the people all the time uh-huh it's such a testament to people wanting to bullshit others yeah yeah. That that I look at it and I don't tolerate um cluster I don't tolerate clusterfucks well. Okay. So there there would be a great example of where you're going to experience a clusterfuck. Here's the sad part, the frustrating part. I don't think you can fix a clusterfuck. Mm. I don't think you can tell. Because it's too many people. There are too many decisions. chefs. You, you can't go, yeah. right? If you have a narcissist, let's just be really practical and down to earth. Uh-huh. You have a, a a narcissist, a psychopath, a toxic relationship, as one of our listeners likes to call it. The last thing you can do is go to the narcissist and tell them, you're a fucking narcissist. Uh-huh. Because then the whole Darva thing kicks in, deny, accuse, and reverse the roles, et cetera, right? The narcissist is never going to admit they're not Gordon Ramsay, if we want to yeah. go back to the analogy yeah. I'm using. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take Gordon Ramsay to walk in and yeah. say, I'm the real fucking me. deal. Uh -huh. I'm the real fucking deal. What the hell are you doing? Uh -huh. And then it just becomes a pissing contest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? And I've and seen so that if you ever have watched uh, Kitchen Nightmares and you see some of the egos that he run in, runs into in restaurants that are failing, who refuse refuse to change their ways or create better business practices or, you know, run more efficiently. And he goes in and <laughs> confronts them. And it, it does become a little bit of a showdown. And it some does. people walk out and quit. Fascinating. So, so what I 
did was dig deeper than this, right? I mean, it's fun for us to talk about all these terms, but it's uh -huh. like, what are the main con contributing factors to a clusterfuck? Because frankly, it starts with that, right? That's where the problem starts. That it's it's kind of like uh, Lieutenant Colonel Hadfield, one of uh, Chris Hadfield, an astronaut. I love his comment. There is nothing that a human being can't make worse. <laughs> That's a clusterfuck right there. Right Nothing there, that right? a human being can't make worse. Uh -huh. And so <laughs> when, when when you're sitting there, understand that behind a clusterfuck yeah. are some are some things. One of them is delusion. And a lot of the people who I go back to George Carlin now, there's never a bad decision that you can't make worse by just staying the course. Um, and I'm paraphrasing what, what he says, because I use that a lot when I work with my elected officials. It's like, stop already, mm -hmm. right? If, if you're making a bad mistake, just stop. Right, right. Admit what happened, apologize if necessary, and reroute. Right, right. Right? Reverse engineer if you need to. But when you have delusion going on, uh, which is a very specific form of... Um, ego magnification, I guess. It's like, what, is, what am I looking for here, Michelle? It's, it's where you basically are, you say something, you believe it, and therefore you're staying the course no matter how stupid it is. Yeah, well, you can convince yourself that your version of the truth is real because your ego is so tied up in your version of that truth being real. Well, so we're going to find, by the way, that behind a clusterfuck, are a number of ego-driven scenarios. Okay. All of them, by the way, fear-based. Number one is delusion. Um, and it may even be an illusion of grandeur at some points. But, you know, I'm looking at, at politicians as a uh -huh. great example. Um, not all of them are like this. I've met some amazingly down-to-earth, very high-profile politicians. Uh, but that's the rare occasion. Yeah. Most of them are so tied up in the delusion of what they think they are, what yeah. they're doing and what they're accomplishing uh -huh. that, again, we're going to use bad language, their shit doesn't stink to them. Yeah. And they don't care. Yeah. Um, so number one is delusion. Number two is impatience. Right? It's do it my way. Quit asking me questions. And uh, I can tell you from having watched some of this uh, you know, I, I've, I gotta be careful here. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> there were some very nice people involved in the, in the situation. So I don't want them to be involved, but, uh, I happened to be up in Sacramento once upon a time, uh, at the Capitol here in California, sitting down in the governor's war room. And there were a lot of lobbyists there. Okay. You want to see a clusterfuck. Between the lobbyists and the politicians and the handlers. And it's like, I'm just telling you, here's here are the facts. I'm doing my lawyer thing. I was asked to come up and, and present something. They asked me to come up and um, I'm sitting around the table and I'm listening. And at one point I just had to say, are you people fucking serious? Now, there was no cameras, nobody. I mean, I could actually talk like that. And they looked at me like, what? I said, <laughs> are, are you people serious? Well, let me 
repeat back what I just heard you say. We're going to do this, and then it's going to take a year to do that. And then we're going to take, we're going to do another thing. It's going to take another year. And then we're going to do this, and we're going to put it on the ballot. And then we're going to do this, and blah. blah. And it's like this is a five-year plan you're proposing. I said the thing you're trying <laughs> to protect won't be around anymore. Uh, I know, but this is the way we do it, and this is the way we sell it, and this is the way we do that. And it's like, oh, yeah, and everybody's glad-handing and slapping each other and going, oh, yes, yes, what a marvelous, brilliant idea. And it's like, you know what, guys? I need to leave. Uh, I, I, I can't be part of this clusterfuck anymore. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a perfect example. Delusions. It, delusion, too many high-ranking people. Coupled with their impatience for anything to the contrary. Okay. Impatience they know, for, they okay. know better. Mm -hmm. don't tell them anything different we know the routine right and because uh -huh. of that anything that comes in or that gets in the way um becomes a problem uh -huh. so when i raised objections uh -huh. it was met with impatience it's uh -huh. like scott you don't know what you're talking about uh-huh you got to do it this way you got to do it that way you got to do it this way you got to do it that way it's like that this is just Did you, you know this is just idiocracy i did not oh scott you must find idiocracy it is uh in in short summary it's a military experiment in freezing people at cryo freezing gone wrong where they run out of funding and <laughs> and the two people frozen and so they take the dumbest military person that they can find as a volunteer and a um a sex worker <laughs> and those are the two male females that they're freezing and then they lose funding and the building they get, the project gets abandoned and people forget about them and and then they get bulldozed and long into the future a bulldozer comes through the building and snaps open the freezer thing they unthaw and they are awake in the future where suddenly um the world uh, smart people have decided to wait to have children. And so they have less and less children and sometimes wait too long and can't have their own children. But dumb people have procreated like the Dickens. And so the world has dumbed down. So things haven't changed, obviously. And things haven't changed. But he he's brought in to consult with why all their, why all their um, farms have dried up. And he discovers that they're, they're they're watering it with gator, like not Gatorade, but like a Gatorade-like substance because it has electrolytes. And he's like, what about water? And they're like, the stuff in the toilets? What are, the, what are you talking about? We're not going to put the stuff in the toilets on our plants because they don't curious. use water for anything. It's all it's all electrolytes it's all electrolytes so this <laughs> anyway, is a great example no this is a great segue into the third component of a clusterfuck which is and, and that's incompetence oh totally incompetence. and it and was... so i've always <laughs> loved to say right we all rise to our own level of incompetence i want oh, every all so of our true. listeners to think about that for a minute yeah. i have watched by the way people be promoted out of incompetence they're not they're not supervised they're not um, reprimanded. They're not sent back for schooling. They are, are literally promoted out of the problem. And wow. now they're at a level of incompetence <laughs> that just exasperates it. Oh, so, my. 
goodness. And so, oh. um, and by the way, that was that, that explains that, quite a few managers I've had in my life. It explains <laughs> it explains mostly everything because now we're talking about blatantly stupid decisions by people who should know better. Uh huh. Yeah, because they're in leadership. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, <laughs> when you talk of, when you mix delusion and impatience and incompetence together yes you are now dealing with a set of people who unfortunately are probably in a place of power otherwise it wouldn't be a clusterfuck if they've got some kind of power and they don't or they can't or they won't acknowledge the realities of what's going on oh, and goodness. it and it's a very what my experience is, it's a very passive aggressive type of approach because they won't confront um, the realities of what's going on. They triangulate and go, hey, Michelle, go handle this for me. Uh-huh. Right? And so yeah. I know we're spending a lot of time on clusterfucks. I happen to think that's the bare bones core of everything we've just talked about, right? Everybody fucks up. Everybody makes a mistake. Everybody has a problem. But it doesn't have to snowball. No. It, it's when we have the cover-ups and we have the denials and we have the people who are unwilling to admit, oh God, maybe, you know, this is what, yeah, this, this is the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, and they're not willing to own their own failings right that i've makes met sense. Some, i have yeah. met some marvelous leaders yeah who admit their who, mistakes who, who flat out they they go beyond admitting their mistakes they go i that's just not my thing let's get right. somebody in here who actually knows this right and then we can take that information and vet it and filter it and make a decision on it um so Again, I just want people to understand that for me, the way I'm looking at it, bare bones, most of the, the drama, because we'll tie it in with last week, most of the drama that you are experiencing in the form of a crisis has probably come from a clusterfuck somewhere. Okay. Freaking bad decision making that's been compounded. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, then... To get your to get yourself into some better self-talk is to be real. And that is right, is this repairable? Because if it's repairable, it's not a foobar. Right. Because foobar it, is not repairable. Right. If it's a snafu, that means this has been going on for a while. Uh -huh. Otherwise, the situation is not normal. Uh-huh. Right? The situation's abnormal. Which means it's probably in your life, it's probably a shit show that's going on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's a shit show compounded by a clusterfuck. Don't let it become something worse. Okay. How? I'm not even sure where we go with it, with this from here. But how it's, do it, we? Yeah. How 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 do well, we stop any of these or get out of any of these? Well, I think the first part is if you're the one, um, if you're the one that's that involved in the clusterfuck, take a step back 
And I, I love one of my writing teachers' comments, know your illusions, destroy your delusions. Uh... And it's it's like, okay, I, I'm, I understand public optics. I've been around in public life for a long time, working with individuals who are very out there in the media. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they've got followers, et cetera, et cetera. I get the public optics and I know the illusion, but they don't, at least the people I work with, don't make any pretense that is nothing but an illusion. Yeah. You know, again, I go back to uh, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary, not his FUBAR show, the documentary. And I love it. They're talking about the very intro that... Arnold Schwarzenegger is this and he's that and what a great this and what a great that. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger comes on with his cigar and he says, bullshit. <laughs> right. And he's very, very honest about that's the illusion. That's the, uh, the that's the face of uh -huh. the public face of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's uh -huh. all bullshit. Uh-huh. So admit it. it. Take a step back and look at your behavior. When it becomes delusional. Uh -huh. It's another issue. And so one mm -hmm. of the things listeners can do is know your illusions, destroy your delusions. And when you're in a situation where you find other people to be delusional, narcissists, uh -huh. psychopath, sociopath, uh -huh. you know, predators, let's just uh -huh. take it to the extreme. Um, you're not going to get anywhere by confronting them with the fact that they're idiots. Uh-huh. You can't tell a narcissist you're a narcissist and, and win that. Uh-huh. You just need to get out. You need, exactly. Um, now, that's not going to be workable in every situation. But, right. you know, for listeners at the most part, one of the first things to do is just be aware. Yeah. Are you making the problem worse? Okay. And then also do a, real, a reality checkup. Right? Is has this been going on for a while? Because you got a snafu otherwise. Right. Right. Are and, you used to the chaos? And then, and then you just stop it. Right. right See what you can right. do to to stop it. Right. Are you really in a losing situation? Is it right. hopeless? Right. Right. So that that's um. A, now you're in Fubar. It's fucked up beyond repair. Right. Okay. Well, at some point, you stop throwing good money after bad, as as a trite way of saying it. Mm -hmm. or, you know, as Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank likes to say, just stop the madness. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so my hope for the show today is just for people to take these terms, have a little fun with them. You've all uh -huh. heard them at some point. You may not have known what they are, but to start realizing that it's actually the use of these terms will help you distinguish the level of crisis you either do or don't have. Mm. a fuck up is not a crisis right fubar is right a snafu might not be a crisis at all because we've normalized it at that point yeah situation normal yeah all fucked up yeah we all have family members like that right it's like i know okay. we just got out of holidays where people sometimes come back into some for some people their family and their holidays are beautiful and wonderful and for others it's it's a chance to recognize all these unresolved issues and you know tense and resentment and you know it's a really stressful time for many people the airing of the grievances i know festivus for the rest of us <laughs> 
So <laughs> anyway, I, I hope with this that there's been a little bit of fun and that you guys have realized that maybe you're using some terms incorrectly. Uh-huh. There's that. And, and that you can use these terms as a way of actually comparing, contrasting, and vetting what's going on in your life to realize, God, maybe it's not that bad. Yeah, maybe it, it there is repair. Yeah. Maybe there is a chance to step back and get out of groupthink and refocus and just admit your mistakes and change course. Yeah, which by the yeah. way, I mean, I know we're out of time here, but this leads us into next week's uh, discussion. We're going to talk about the power of setting goals. Yes. Uh, and that is probably, at least for me, the strongest, most effective, most results-driven way out of shit shows, clusterfucks, snafus, and foobar. All right. Having better I goals. It. I love All it. All right. Again, happy uh, happy New Year to everybody who is joining us today. Uh, and for those of you listening on replay, please uh, do us a favor, like, share, subscribe on your favorite platform so that we continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And until next week, avoid the snafus. Avoid the fuck-ups. There you go. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.